microphone and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! Yo, microphone check, one, two, what is this? The five foot assassin with the roughneck business. I float like gravity, never had a cavity. Got more rhymes than the one that's got family. No need to sweat, I send you to gain some type of pain. No shame in my game, cause I always be the same. Styles upon styles upon styles is what I have. You wanna just decipher, but you still don't know the half. I sweat new balance sneakers to avoid an arrow. Yo, welcome everyone to the Armchair Network. This is episode number eight for us, right? This is number eight? Number eight, technically. Okay. I think we had some uh, test podcasts in there, but they seem to be online and people are listening to them. So. That's good. Thank you to all of our <laughs> listeners. I was, I was just telling you um, that I actually was sitting in a... In a room where there was an actual conversation about the podcast happening behind me. I mean, it's not like they didn't know that I was in the room, you know, but they were talking about it and they were talking about it favorably and I, I couldn't help but, but smile the whole time. It was good. Well, they're probably not going to talk shit about you while you're sitting right there. Um, I, feel like most people, I feel like most people in my life do. <laughs> All right. Um, so I guess... Uh, you want to open up with a couple of things. We got some updates from last podcast. Yikes. All right. What happened? What happened with what? With your, uh, Beyonce. I didn't look, I didn't, what do you mean? What happened? <laughs> it was a good, listen, it was a good call by you. So if anyone who hasn't listened last week, we were talking about the Grammys and Jason was, uh, commenting on how pregnant she was and how hard it was for her to perform, and I brought up, well, she's going to be doing it in 120 degree heat in Coachella. Apparently, word went out to her management staff from this <laughs> podcast, and she's since pulled out. That, uh, supposedly, it's taking a big hit. Mm. Like ticket sales have gone down, and people are getting rid of their tickets. She said that she was going to headline next year, but I mean, who do you get to replace her now? Now they're searching for someone or as big as her to replace. Well, I, I I had read a lot of people say Rihanna. I don't know if there's too many politics between her and okay. and, and Beyonce, Rihanna, Beyonce, and Jay Z, and all that. Um, I don't know. I kind of feel like people. This is what's silly about the whole thing is like, and I wanted to do when we get closer to Coachella. I do want to make that a subject. <laughs> But people just buy the tickets before they even know. I mean, that thing sells out the minute it goes on sale before anyone even knows. So, When was the last time you were at Coachella? Uh, it's like eight, eight or nine years ago. Yeah, it's just too much of a hassle for me now. Or ever. Yeah, when, when's <laughs> I don't it? think I've ever been to... Have you ever been to a music festival? I think I've been to a couple. All right, well, this is... Again, we'll save this for... This will be a good podcast talk. <laughs> I'll have to on. go deep into my memory bank right and talk... As my memory bank doesn't serve me correctly, I have to ask, ask people what, where the hell I were was at points in my life. Well, uh, uh, what other updates do you have for us? All right, so I was at work. I was working on Sunday. Thank God this is over. I just wrapped uh, fighting with my family. Story of Paige the wrestler. It's going to be good. They're shooting in the UK now. Uh, Stephen Merchant's directing, but anyway. So we're working on the weekend, and we're working in this office building, and uh, there's no one there. It's like a corporate building, right? So I go into the bathroom, 
and more bathroom. This, yeah, this is usually bathroom. the start of a good story. Go in the bathroom and, and then I start smelling something, and it's like body odor, and I smell it. I walk into the bathroom, and there is a guy, an Indian guy. He's got all his toiletries laid out under the double vanity sink, and he's basically showering in there, like doing kind of like you know a uh, quick cleanup of himself. Right. So where do you fall on that? Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know the guy's story. No, but I mean, just people going in there and like, and like walking into a bathroom and seeing that they're basically like using that as their house bathroom. Where do I come? There's I mean, like no one there. Plus I tend. To have, I don't know where this guy came from. I, I, I tend to have sympathy for people like that because I feel like they probably don't want to be doing that. Look, I don't want to be too politically correct, <laughs> but I don't. I don't really ever think that I've had. A negative opinion on it. I just, you know, I mean, maybe like, when have I was you ever younger, been to like the airport when they're the guys like? like well, sometimes you get stuck at the airport. I don't. I always think that there's a reason. I'm sure there was, but I don't know who this guy was, and we were in the uh, pretty secure building. Um, something weird was going on. Yeah, well, it sounds like it, but like, you know, like I go to the gym. I mean, every time every gym I've gone to has had the situation where there's the the guy. Well, he's getting ready for work. Right. But, I mean, there's some guys who just do a little too much there. Yeah. Um, you know, they don't tend to wear towels when they're doing <laughs> their stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I don't... I understand the comedy you're trying to get out of the situation. And I apologize it for not... pretty bad. Okay, that's good. <laughs> Whatever he was doing that's wasn't bad. working. Okay. All right. Um, so, so what, what, that, I got a couple other things. Great update. What's next? That's an update to our bathroom talk. <laughs> Uh, have you heard about this guy eating a picture of Jason Siegel? Yeah. I mean, I just saw, I saw there was something about that. Could you, could you explain that a little bit better? Yeah, so this guy is eating a picture of Jason Siegel every day until Jason Siegel eats a picture of him. He's on day 10 right now. <laughs> and if you go to, uh, you can find it on YouTube. It's under dog shit. That's the name of his, I guess, page. And he's like, he sets up all these comedy bits of where he's eating the picture. So like this last one, he's like on a fake talk show and then like, like a morning show. And he just like eats it while they're asking him questions. And, uh, it's pretty retarded. Okay. I've been searching the internet to see if like Jason Siegel's even responding to this. And well, I don't it, think he is. Is there, is there a history to it? Is there a basis to it? Why Jason Siegel? I could not find a reason why he's doing this he's just doing it to get attention okay it's well it's working <laughs> yeah. on, from us i think yeah it's i don't know i thought it was pretty funny even though it's terrible some people have a lot more time on their hands and don't know what to do with it that's true um okay so fate and the furious uh-huh. is clocked in at almost three hours long <laughs> are you serious <laughs> yeah we're about to get a, a Fast and the Furious movie that's the like as long as Titanic. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk real quick about two documentaries. One that's premiering on HBO on Monday. Okay. Called Tickled. Oh, that's been in my Netflix. So I, I know some people have seen that. It's been in my Netflix queue for a while. It, it's not. It's, I didn't know that was going on HBO. It starts. It's it's premiering on HBO on, t- on okay. Monday. 
And it is fucking disturbing. You've seen it? I've seen it. Oh, maybe you told me then. Yeah. I don't talk to that many people. It is uh, very weird. It's basically about this New Zealand kind of like, you know, uh, gossip columnist for uh, like one of those crappy newspapers. And he basically just sits around and searches the internet for weird stories that he can like write up. And he finds the story about this underground tickling thing competition where basically guys get like tied to a bed and then other guys like tickle them and it's run by this woman uh, who never no one ever sees or knows they just get like phone calls from them and then he goes deep diving into it and it just gets wacky okay it takes like some turns that uh that are like weird and like interesting all right. It's really good. You guys should watch it. Okay. Cool. You may come out. You might have to watch something funny afterwards. Oh, is that so, disturbing? <laughs> just to clean yourself up a little bit. But uh, it's uh, it's it's a crazy documentary. Those make the best ones where sure. someone's like trying to like film something and then it turns into something else like the Freedmans capturing the Freedmans. Yeah, that's what I, yeah. Um, well, this, that's the other documentary I want to talk about, the Wiener. Anthony Weiner documentary. Okay. Great. It was awesome. It was great. I, that was almost in my top five. That was in the running of my top five when we did that earlier. That was today. another one where the documentary filmmakers were like, oh shit, we're in the middle of this thing. Yeah. And we got access to everything. You, did you just see it recently or? Well, I watched it a long time ago and then I just watched it fairly recent on HR Showtime. It was on Showtime. And that's such, such a good documentary. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I'm with you. So... Definitely go uh, and watch that. Um, those two things. Cool. Is that is that it for the notes? That's it for my notes. What do you got? Anything? No, I didn't know we were preparing <laughs> notes. We're supposed to be preparing notes. <laughs> anyway. Um, well, today's show. Well, now that we're way into today's show, uh, <laughs> there's no time for me we, to make more notes. So we're gonna we were gonna have a segment at the end with a call in, but our guy uh, that was supposed to call in uh, is. Claiming that some friend of his or the guy who was supposed to take over for him at his job never showed up. So I guess he has to work 24 hours <laughs> because the guy didn't show up. <laughs> I told him, I was like, just leave. It's probably against the law that you're working this long. Um, so so our last segment is going to be a little uh, off the cuff, I guess. Yeah. Um but before we get to that, our first subject today is going to be uh, about the world of stand-up comedy. Um, this is a big, big one for Jason. He's been wanting to do that. Then we're going to get into uh, a little Oscar betting preview. If you're not into stand-up comedy, you can fast forward to the middle of this. I can't tell you the times. but um, This is going to be our most complex video audio clips. All right, so let's jump into it. Yeah, I'm, so just bear with us. Oh, I'm already nervous for this one. This guy's so hooked on clips. <laughs> well, I've got some clips yeah. queued up, but you never know what's like, going to happen. You have to talk him off the clip ledge because he wants—he just wants to put clips in the entire time. So I uh, like a good clip. He like a good clip. <laughs> um, so what we did is we went through all these stand-ups, and, and you know, we we both go to a lot of shows. How many shows would you say you go to like a year? Oh, I I try to go as much as possible. I mean, I can't put a number on it, but. It's uh, one of the uh, favorite pastimes. Sure. So I, I'd say I go to like three or four shows a year. Three or four? Yeah. You, go, you go to more than three or four. All right. Well, let's, fine. I so go. It's probably in single We went digits. to three or four already this year. Okay. And then 
probably watched about ten or so on. Yeah. And so like I feel like we have some, you know. Well, LA is great because you got those venues that uh, are so accessible, right? Uh, and you always get good comedians. Like, you know, we've been to the Largo a lot. We've recently saw Adam Sandler a bunch of times there, who just happened to pop in. Um, but there's also this Luna when we first moved here. There was this place called Dublin's. Where was Dublin's? I wasn't here. Dublin's then. was on Sunset Boulevard. Okay. And I can't remember what's there now, but it's basically one of those places that keeps changing over and then uh, becomes something else every, like, couple of years. But Dublin's was around for a while. And basically every Tuesday night, they would have free comedy night. And you would go, and there was no minimum drinks. You just go in there, and there's all these, like, comedians, like, working on their material. And one of the main people to come out of that was Dane Cook. Right. Like, we would go see every week, like, Dane Cook, like, working on his, before he was Dane Cook, was working on his stuff. And uh, he was fucking hilarious. Yeah. Like, he just had the whole place just going, you know. Um, what, what happened? Where, where, I know he's one of the subjects you wanted to talk about on this. What, where, where do you stand with Dane Cook now? What do you think happened? In- well, I think he got way overexposed. I mean, he's still financially one of the biggest comics to ever, like, tour. Right. <laughs> he's made more money. But I think with the whole movie thing, uh, everyone started trying to not take him as seriously as, I mean, you know, he could should have just stuck with stand-up for... Well, he got accused of stealing some jokes. He did get accused of stealing some jokes, and that was kind of played up on that Louis C.K. show. Right. Um, which was a great episode if you guys should watch that. And um, um, but but I mean all of this kind of blew up in his face. You know, it's a classic American story where we build somebody up that we really like just to tear him down. And I don't think he handled getting torn down very well. Right. Uh, have seen him within the last year or two. I think you have. We saw him. Yeah, and he, he's really funny. He's yeah. Different. He's darker. Yeah. He's like a darker comedian now. I think he's like a little bit more humble. I would say. These scenes, he was only doing like ten minutes or whatever right. he did on that, so he wasn't really like a headliner. Yeah, um, so maybe he's trying to get back to that. You know, well, he movies. got kicked out of the. He was a regular over at. That's right. He got kicked out of the Laugh Factory. Yeah, he's not allowed to go back. And what what happened? You remember? I think he like yelled at one of their employees or a waitress. Yeah, he... something with a waitress. I don't remember the exact story, but. Um. Okay. Um. So what are some of the some of the other places in LA that you were you wanted to Well, uh, improv is I think the best place to see comedy in LA. It's really comfortable. The Laugh Factory is like the type of place where you get like sandwiched in. Like it's just rows of really small chairs. Um like wood chairs that you just sit and they like pack you in. And you can't really you don't really like every five chairs gets a little table. Yeah. So you always have to hold your drinks um, <laughs> or put it under your seat or something. Uh, the improv is like everyone gets a table, they get chairs, you get to sit with other people, you know, uh, which is sometimes a bad thing when they start being, you know, a pain in the ass. But uh, I don't know. I like, How can someone be a pain in the ass at a comedy show? Uh, um... I don't know. They keep, you know, they're always messing with the waiter while we're trying to listen to the thing. It's like, how many times do we have to talk? Order one drink. 
And tell them to just point to the drink when you want another one. You don't have to go into like, all right, I want a three-course meal now. (laughs) And, uh, you know, and then like have this whole conversation where I'm like trying to listen to this thing. What about like the comedy store? I've only been to the comedy store like once. Huh. I know it's like the famous place in Los Angeles, like where everyone kind of started. But I've only been there one or two times. All right. So, well, um, but the Largo is always a good place. If you're if you live in Los Angeles, you don't know about the Largo. You should go to their website. They always have like great shows. A little pricey, but it's like an intimate setting, and uh, you always get a nice surprise. I mean, there's always like big acts that you know are testing things out and all this stuff. Well, one of the things I wanted to talk about. Um, I actually have a few friends who are stand-up comedians. I have uh, one friend who's a pretty successful. Um, the rest are struggling. And I was asking them, I've asked them this throughout the years, not just because we were going to do this on the podcast, but I asked them about, w- w- like, what's considered offensive when you're in a comedy club? Because, an example, we went to see Norm McDonald. for audience. Yeah, as an audience member. When it, like... If you should, if it's okay to be offended or, or like the whole, what, what's offensive to who and that kind of thing. Like we went a couple years ago to see Norm McDonald. There's like eight of us. It's like four guys and four girls. <laughs> he did a joke about raping babies that we thought was hysterical. Every guy, <laughs> he, like our friends that were married were like, like trying to keep their wives staying because they were so offended that they wanted to leave and i was like you can't be offended when you go to a comedy club like that's always been well my... it wasn't just them like the whole room started right. to turn right but all the women started to, yeah. yeah all the like a lot of people in that room like the, the whole like air in the room started coming out right and it really bothered me at the time because i was like what's wrong with you when you come to the door when you come to a comedy club you check your ego like you it has to be a safe space for performance you don't have to like every joke right Hat, but you, it has to be a safe space for yeah. performers to say what they're... You know, it's different if you're going to do an HBO special. Then, you, yeah, you should... You know your audience is broader than just who came to see you in here. Um, but I, would, I talked to a few comedian friends, and they all said the same thing. They're like, nothing should be off limits unless the person's not funny. Because when the person's not... Or unless not, they go outside the well, bounds. Well, what they of, said. Uh, well, like Michael Richards or something where he starts attacking people. Right. Well, they were just saying, like, when you're not funny, like, then it's, you know, yeah. that kills any any chance you have anyway. Um, so, what was I was going to ask you, so is, that, is there a line to you? To me, no, because, you know, when I go see the, you know, shows like that, first of all, I give the comedian, like, because I can't do that. Right. I can't stand up there in front of all no, these people and, you. like, have everyone staring at you. So just right there, it's very, uh, like, I give them the benefit of the doubt. And then, you know, sometimes I think something's not funny. But am I offended when I leave? No. Okay, good. Well, we're also white white dudes. Yeah. You know, white <laughs> guys. Um, you know, most of the, you know, stuff can, uh, I don't know. Can, it isn't the the offensive stuff doesn't usually get directed our way, so it's easy for us to say, "Hey, it doesn't bother me." Um, we're trying to be compassionate. Uh, 
But but I I, I, I agree. So going over um, your list when you were coming up with your, the people, what what were some of the? I was just trying to think of like comedians that I had to go watch their specials. You know that just like hit the nerve, the comedy, you know, nerve in my body that I was just like. This guy or this girl is hilarious, and I got to see everything that they do. Okay. And I had this huge list, and we had to cut it down to uh, a few people to do the clips in our top five favorite. Um, but there are some few people that we want to talk about that didn't make our top five, um, like honorable mentions that we can go deeper into. Uh, All right. Who are some of your honorable honorable mentions? Okay. So where do you stand on Carrot Top? I don't, I'm not a fan. But I mean, I don't, I don't, it's easy probably to make fun of a guy like that, I'm sure, you know, uh, but it's just not my. The first time I ever saw Carrot Top was in this small comedy theater in North Carolina. And he wasn't even the headliner. Like, I had no clue who this guy was. And he came up there and I laughed so hard that I had literally had a headache going into the headliner and I couldn't even listen to the headliner whoever it was um, I've seen him like two or three times I think were you we went to this one where he played in like a big theater it wasn't as the same as when he you know it's a smaller theater but um, I think some of the stuff he does is really funny so you, he's a prop comic yeah doesn't really have too much uh, material um, but uh, I think he's uh, he's pretty Okay. Um, I go back to a long time ago when I was younger, like Tim Allen, when he used to do the, uh, 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 you know, those, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, those jokes about manly men. Uh, I thought those were so funny. Um, my family and I liked Bobby Collins and Richard Jenny. We'd see them all the time um, at the theater near us. Um, what do you think of Tig Notaro? Well, I was going to ask you, I, I actually haven't seen a lot of her. So, I mean, I was going to ask you how many, like when we were going over a list, how many women you had? She's my only one. Yeah. I only have one too. I had Joan, River, Joan Rivers. Joan Rivers is funny. Um, but you know, I was thinking like I don't think I've ever seen Joan Rivers stand up just her doing bits with yeah I guess you're, you're I mean you're right I mean that's yeah. that's the thing um I don't know I like I was trying to think of like women to put in and there's not I'm not trying to say women aren't funny I'm not trying to but I was like interested that and I'm sure some of it has to do with not having the chances that they you know besides her that they do now so now you see these very funny women you know they just haven't yeah, built the career like. But are there any women right now that you besides Tignataro you like her? I like her. Um, she did this, uh, which is kind of famous in the comedy world, where she I think it was the Largo. I think it yeah, was, it was where she had just recently was really sick, almost died, and then right after she like fixed whatever she had. She found out she had breast cancer and had a double mastectomy. And then she broke up with her girlfriend, like all in like a five. Oh, and, and then her mom died because her mom fell 
and hit her head and uh, died. So all within like this time span. And she had set up this show before all this happened. And she was like, you know what? I'm just going to go up there and I don't really want to quit on whoever it was that was running the show. I want to say it was Ed Helms who was running the uh, whatever show at Largo. And all of a sudden she gets up there and she just starts talking about what has been happening to her and kind of making jokes about it. And like everyone started just, I mean, it became this huge thing that was like genius. And she was talking through all this stuff and she kind of got famous, I guess, for that. And then she did a couple shows that are on Netflix that are really funny. This one where she basically said to her fans, send me a, a message on why I should come to your town and whatever, and I'll do a show there. But not just a show in her town. Like, she actually did shows in their living room oh. and their backyard and, like, you know, in these different locations. And she basically travels around and does these things. It was hilarious. It's good. Um, but there is a documentary on Netflix about this whole show and basically what happened to her. You know, I forgot the other... I do have another with Sarah Silverman. Was the other Sarah female Solomon's comic? Fine, yeah. yeah, she's great. She's you know she's kind of become, um, I I don't know like she's you know very political and then she's kind of become this character like people portray her as this like that's her as her act but she was really freaking funny yeah. you know she yeah <laughs> um, some of the people that were on my list I think a little longer like. Couple years, Bill Burr will probably be in my top five. I think that guy's hysterical. Yeah, he's good. I like, I like some angst. You know, like I look back and I was like, <laughs> I really liked, um, like Dennis Leary when he did his stand up because there was like a good. Oh, I for, dude, I did not even think about Dennis Leary. That whole like was it cancer? No cure for no cancer. No cure for cancer album. Like I knew by heart. I listened to that thing like twenty, like just nonstop. Oh man, that thing was so. so <laughs> um. I, uh, you know, like, um, Jim Brewer is a guy I think is really, is really funny live. Yeah. Um, he's got Dave, that funny bit with the, uh, drinking and mixing the alcohols in his stomach. <laughs> and then they, you had to kill him. They're like, all right, everybody out. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, David Tell. I've always liked David Tell. Like David Tell. So, uh, those were some of my guys that, oh, Gilbert Gottfried. He was really close. I'm a big Gilbert fan. Um, I have uh, Adam Sandler. Where do you come in with Adam Sandler? He's not really a stand-up. Right. But, I mean, he made, like, these albums. like kind of. Well, the albums were the best, but they weren't stand-up albums. They were, like, clips. We've just... I think we've just recently saw him so many times. I know. (laughs) That it's just, like, in the mind. Sure. um, And he's great every time we've seen him, you know. He's fucking... He's funny. Um, And do you want to talk about your man? All right. So, the one guy that... (laughs) I wanted to put in my top five was Dice. And it's funny. I was like, I was like, Dice is definitely in it because I, I love those tapes. I mean, I yeah. still, I'll stay like, I'll be back in an hour, hour back, get it. And I don't even, you know, like, like, and I was saying that when I was like 14. Yeah. And now, um, so I was like, oh yeah, definitely Dice. He was like so big. And like, we used to sit around and listen to those tapes. Yeah. And then I started trying to pull the clips up. And they're so offensive. And, like, not, I'm not, like, offended because 
again, like, but like, they were so offensive that it's not really funny anymore. Like, some of the things he's saying were so, like, I hate to be like this big of a wuss about it, but like, uh, it just wasn't funny. It just it was just kind of cringe, you know. And maybe it was then, and I just didn't get it. I was thinking back on. I was having this conversation with someone um, yesterday. I was thinking back on, you know, we were talking, like, stuff out of his act. And so, like, some of that misogyny he had, like, when, when we were, like, 15 years yeah. old that was so I undeserved. I mean, you knew all the nursery rhymes by heart. Yeah. Every single one. And, and, like, just it was just nonstop listening to him. And just when you first see him as, like, a – I think it's mostly boys, right? Uh, yeah. Just – dying light you're just it's the funniest thing you've ever seen just the way his act his it, character but it, it was and now when you watch it it's like this is uh but part of it also is people became this guy you know what i mean like and also his material hasn't changed i mean i think that's the big thing <laughs> right like he's just not funny anymore because you he's never changed his act it's always the same thing yeah um so, like, if you were going to parody what Dice was then um, as a person now, that might be funnier. Um, because that, that character that he played, like, people built their personalities off of that character. And nobody likes those people. <laughs> so, I mean, that also kind of uh, ruined it, I think. But it was like, I remember when I was a kid, we used to, the first time I saw him on that Rodney Dangerfield special, and he just comes up and he does his whole thing, and he's yeah. like, like, uh, starts doing the nursery rhymes, and we're just like, oh my god, this is the greatest. <laughs> and it was funny, because I was thinking, when we started talking about stand-up, like, when we were kids, my friends and I, we used to videotape all these stand-up specials, and I was trying to find them, because I wanted to talk about it. There was one that we watched, non-stop. It was like a Robert Townsend special with like Barry Sobel and Damon Wayans and like all these guys that I have no idea what it like. I, I started seeing that there's like a Robert Townsend special that you can get on DVD, but I, I haven't been able to find it. We used to watch it every day after school. Like we'd all get together and we'd know every one of those jokes, you know, because part of the thing is that's how you make your friends laugh. So like when you're hanging out with your friends in like the schoolyard and basketball court or whatever, all you have to do is quote one of those things and everyone will laugh. And you're like, all right, cool. I'm, I'm cool for another hour. So, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, he was really funny. Um, so, um, and you get sad when you think about stuff like that, where people that you loved like so long ago, like just aren't either like are struggling to keep, being funny. I mean, did you ever watch his show? Like no. a reality show? I, I watch never it. watched it. No. But I'm just curious, like, what it is. Like, if it's him trying to get back. And I know that he had that whole feud with Artie when, uh, on the Howard Stern show about Art, Artie Lang not getting paid. And then right. he's talking about, um, Artie starts wrecking him for his act, <laughs> telling him that he doesn't have, he does the same nursery rhymes that he's had, you know. But anyway, is there anyone else on your list that you want to? I, I think the people that are on my list that are not in my top five are people that you may okay. have in your top five, so we can talk about it. The only person I was going to yeah. say that I was really, really close to put on was Sam Kinison. Sam Kinison, I have him on my list. He was uh, that was that's really funny. 
Um, he does that whole bit about the uh, the Jews when when Jesus is on the cross, and he's like, and like the Jews are coming up to him and go, Jesus, why, why do you have to die? And he goes, Well, why don't you get a hammer <laughs> <laughs> and a ladder and get me the hell off? And I wouldn't have to. <laughs> <laughs> you know the new screams. Yeah. Oh man, he was funny. Um. All right. So we just we just go over five well, sure. five through one. Yeah. Let's do it. What do you uh? What you want to start? Sure, start I can go. Off? So my number five is um. My number five is uh, Steve Martin. Now, now, what I did was I I didn't put in George Carlin or Richard Pryor or these guys that I know yeah. are. Usually considered the best stand-ups. I just don't have a relationship with them whatsoever. Like I never was. It was before my time. Um, I agree. That's kind of what my thought of the process. But was. Steve Martin's before my time. But the difference is, I think a lot of their comedy was very political and it was very of that time. Where Steve Martin tells jokes that when I when I read them, like yeah. I I think that this is still so funny. Well, I think Steve Martin. I mean, his books, Born Standing Up, is one of my favorite books of all time. And I actually give it out to a person on each show. And I write something in it. Oh, really? Uh, like one of my uh, producers or whatever. Um, you know what you should do? You should give it to him on tape. Because I heard that he does the book on tape. It's his voice. Yeah, I need to listen to that. Me I always too. have problems listening to books on tape, though. I kind of zone out. and I. But yet you run a podcast. Um but but yeah, he's uh... the one funny thing about Steve Martin before you play the clip in the uh, in the book. My favorite thing that he was talking about is that like when he was doing like these shows, like he would always have this bit where we'd take the audience outside, and like so he would take the audience outside, and then like one time he'll get like in a cab, like he'll take everybody go outside, and they all go outside, and he just jumps in a cab and like takes off. And leaves everyone outside. And then he like circles the block. And then like jumps out. And like. Is like keeps going. You know like he just was like alright. Everyone back inside. And then uh, there was one time when he like. Brought everyone across the street. To uh, another comedy show. <laughs> <laughs> and like basically like. Piled into this comedy room. Where this like unknown comedian was there. And they would watch another show. And then there was another time when he took everyone to McDonald's and bought them all hamburgers. Um, it's just what's great about the book too is like the reason you know you find out the reason he kind of stopped doing stand up was because you know he got so big that he didn't know if people were laughing just because he was him or, or if like, it was because of the jokes. Right. So he could never tell if his jokes were working. I mean, you've been at shows where that that happens, yeah. yeah. So, uh, well, his, his clips are hard to, are, it's not that they're hard to find, it's just he's so physical, it's hard to find something that comes across on the radio. But, for my example, here's my, uh, my Steve Martin clip at number five. And this doesn't happen very often. About three weeks ago, I met a girl, and she was real nice, and she invited me to her apartment. So I went over there, and she had the best pussy I have ever... Oh, now, come on! Talking about her cat. Now that makes me sick right there. You can't say anything anymore. That people don't take it dirty. And I'm sorry. That disgusts me. 
That cat was the best fuck I ever had. <laughs> <laughs> um, Louis C.K. has like a joke kind of similar to that where he's talking about the minors having sex with a minor. And he's like, no, a mi- I don't mean a minor. I mean <laughs> a minor. Yeah, right. <laughs> like a guy in the cold. He's like, you guys are sick. <laughs> uh, who's your number five? Number five is a guy that I love. But every time he's in town, I always have to send a text. I'm like, all right, yeah, you know, this guy's in town. We got to go watch. His name is Harlan Williams from uh, what's the uh, Half-Baked. It's became famous. You know, his he doesn't have, like, the best material, but he is genius at messing with the crowd. And he basically, basically, a lot of his show is doing crowd work. Well, as most of the people who listen to this podcast probably know that we've seen him a couple of times. Jason's seen him a bunch of times, and he's called out Jason. He called him Mr. Jingle Nuts. <laughs> and what was the other thing he called you? Frankenberry? <laughs> yep, he's called me a couple of things. <laughs> And he thinks, but what you have to understand when the show's <laughs> over, G-, G walks out with like the biggest smile on his face because he just got called Frankenberry. This guy's hilarious. <laughs> well, here's my uh, clip of uh, Harlan Williams is another one with it's like very physical. He does a lot of like weird faces and stuff, but here we go. It's a nutty world. Laugh it up. We don't know how long we got, huh? And if human conflict doesn't wipe us out, guess what, Captain Meatloaf Twat? <laughs> I'm laughing, won't you please join me? (laughs) If human conflict doesn't wipe us out, guess what? Mother Nature will. I don't know if you watch the news at all, buddy, if you're busy laying in your Ikea bunk bed eating pomegranates. (laughs) But apparently, the polar ice caps are melting. (laughs) They say that in 14 years from now, The oceans are going to rise three feet. Fourteen years, three feet. Do you know what this means, ladies and gentlemen? This means that in just over 13 and a half years from now, I'm going to have to pull my picnic table back four feet. (laughs) Unacceptable. So, yeah, he's, uh, he does a lot of crowd work and making people's names up and making fun of their hair and who they're with. Uh, he's, he's pretty funny. All right. So who's your number four? My number four was Louis C.K. I've got Louis C.K. on here also. Where's he for you? He's uh, number three. Okay. So, all right. So, um, I mean, obviously, he's one of these guys that I saw him at a... Before he became big in Raleigh, we went to see him on a uh, um, New Year's Eve with my family, and he started talking about the bag of dicks joke, and it was a little awkward there <laughs> with your mom and sister. Um, but he's one of these guys that's just skyrocketed. I think he's like the biggest guy now. Don't you? Wouldn't you say he's one of the? Biggest? I don't know. We'll see what Chris Chris Rockham's out with his next tour. Right, but as of now, he's probably. Yeah, like, I mean, biggest... he's doing these. Really smart things where he's yeah. putting out his uh, concert, you know, through his website, and he's making all these. He's making so much money right now. All right. Well, I will play uh, a clip for you of yeah. uh, Louis C.K. 
sometimes I wonder if the world was different. Like if murder was legal, I might have killed a few people. I don't know. I'd love to think, oh, I would never do that. But we really need the law against murder. For one simple reason. The law against murder is the number one thing preventing murder. We'd like to think it's because, like, oh, I would never do that. No, it's because it really sucks getting caught murdering. A lot. If murder was legal or just a misdemeanor, like you get a thing in the mail, ah, oh, shit, they had a camera there. <laughs> if murder was legal, there would be so much murder. Regular people would murder. Murderers would murder even more. And then really nice, sweet people would murder a few people. But nobody would murder no people. You wouldn't trust somebody who didn't murder. If murder was legal, you wouldn't like them. I never killed anybody. Okay, nice meeting you. What a creep. I mean, not even a hooker. Live a life. What's wrong with that guy? He's like a Mormon or some shit. I hate those guys. I think he's nice. Shut up, Janet. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, also, you know, Louis C.K. is one of those guys that when he's on a talk show or whatever, he's so funny. He's like, he's very good at just pointing out the obvious, like that. Like yeah. that clip. Like, just pointing out the obvious and how absurd it all is. You know, like... Yeah, he has great a, on talk shows. He like, knows his audience and who he's going. Like he knows he's going to Letterman. He's going to Conan. He's going to Fallon. Like what type of joke to do at each place? Like he's right. very smart with that. Most of my favorite comedians and that that are on my list are like rock star kind of comedians, like guys who put on a big show and it's a big deal. He's not. Like he just has this ability to point out the very obviously stupid. <laughs> and make fun of it, and you can, everyone can relate because they're like, "Oh yeah, I guess I didn't think about that." So he's my number four, and your number three. Who's your number? My four? number four is Chris Rock. Okay, where does he fall on your list? He's number two. All right. Now I remember we saw Chris Rock in North Carolina, and um, I remember he came out and he did a whole joke about the mall and the other mall, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh." He's only been here one night. And then I saw the same bit on Saturday Night Live like a couple of months later. But it works in like every small town. Right, exactly. Um, Yeah, so Chris Rock, I mean, he hasn't done too much stand up, I know, like lately. I know that he's signed a deal with Netflix, a really big deal, like 40 million bucks to do two shows. Uh, So I'm sure it's going to be really funny. But he's been doing a lot of uh, pop ins recently. At, like, the Laugh Factory and all these things, like, working on his act. But uh, Chris Rock's one of the funniest guys, I think, all, all time. Like, stand-up-wise. Uh, here's the clip for Chris Rock. Hey, you know what's fucked up? Everybody gets all homophobic. People, they need to cut that shit out. Because everybody in this room got at least a gay cousin. Call 
Yeah, I can't believe he's not higher on your list. I just think he's... Every bit he does is like... um, It's almost iconic at this point. Like, so many things he said. The bullet thing. You know, if you... If you you made him $5,000 a piece... You have to really want to shoot somebody. (laughs) You know? Um, If you make bullets expensive, no one's going to want to shoot because you have to waste the money to shoot it. You know, like, every... It's just become such a part of our cult. Like, his stand-up is... You know, like, you look at The Office... I remember the office, the the American Office show, and Michael Scott's addressing their their race problems, and he starts going into the bit about the difference between like you know, and uh, you know it's become a regular thing. Little surprise, he's only at number four for you, and number three for you was Louis C.K. Louis C.K. My number three is Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle is on my honorable mention list. Okay, yeah, I think Dave Chappelle's the funniest guy since Chris Rock. And he's been doing a lot of secret pop-ups lately, trying yeah. to get himself back in the... I think we all know the history uh, of him. Well, and his stand-up on Saturday Live this year was pretty great. Yeah, his opening monologue was amazing. Was well, here's a, here's a clip from a while ago that I really like of his. Uh, Dave Chappelle. I love to see that kind of shit, man. It's what it is. They, they use the TV to program us from a young age. You ever watch like a cartoon that you used to watch when you were little as an adult? Shit is, is wild shit. Some wild shit. I mean, like I was with my nephew. We sitting there, we watching Peppy the Pew. And I say to my nephew, I said, now pay attention to this guy because he's funny. I used to watch him when I was little. And we watching Peppy the Pew when I'm old now. I'm looking like, good God, what kind of fucking rapist is this guy? Like, take it easy. <laughs> Sesame Street. I said, oh, phew, Sesame Street this is much better because now he'll learn how to count and spell. But now I'm watching it as an adult and I realize Sesame Street teaches kids other things. It teaches kids how to judge people and label people. That's right. They got character. Oh, no. They treat this guy like shit in the entire show. They judge him right in his face. Oscar, you are so mean. Isn't it, kids? Yeah, Oscar. You're a grouch. It's like, bitch, I live in a fucking trash can. <laughs> uh, there's a, a technical problem there. What happened to you? That was our first technical problem. I know. You've um, been doing all right. Yeah. So if I don't like the clips. But, uh, yeah, so Dave Chappelle, uh, Block Party, that documentary is like my fi- like one of my favorite things. That's really good. Um, it's cool. Um all right, so it's my number three. Yours your number two was so was somewhere we already talked about. My number two is Chris Rock. Okay, Chris Rock. My number two is Stephen Wright. 
I love Stephen Wright. He so was yeah. This guy was I listened to that I Want a Pony album just like you said when you watched it watched that show every day. Every day. I knew every joke to every song or the song. Every joke to every like whatever. Uh, every punchline to every joke. It's just a talk show. You don't need to be able to talk. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he was, he's just so funny. He's, he's basically deadpan. Does all just one line jokes the whole time. That's his whole stand up. And, uh, he's won some awards and he was kind of a focus of that comedian documentary with, uh, Seinfeld where the other comedian, Orny Adams, who was uh, pictured in the uh, movie, um, basically started making fun of him, like, who the hell are you? And they're like, dude, I guess won, like, a Grammy and an Oscar. <laughs> he, I think he did a short film where he won an Oscar. But here's what, here's the, uh, this is the thing, with his clips, this thing could go on forever. Because it's all, like, one line. Right, break. right. Trouble going off in there because I parked my car in a towaway zone when I came back. The entire area was gone. <laughs> so I walked. Everywhere is walking distance if you have the time. <laughs> they should iron this. Well, another technical problem. We have a technical issue. It's your internet. Okay, well, that's Stephen Wright. Um, where do you have Stephen Wright on your list? Uh, Nowhere. He <laughs> thought. <laughs> um, but I guess I'll just jump into my number one. Hopefully, your the the internet will work. Um, my number one is Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy is hilarious. I mean, those stand-up specials were. Amazing. Eddie Murphy, I think, when he was funny, was the funniest person of all time. Like, no matter what he did, everything he did was so funny. I don't know if, like, I was thinking, like, even my mom loved Eddie Murphy. And, like, I don't know if that was part of it, that I got to listen to cursing, you know, without her caring. Because she, like, liked him, you know. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, I miss Eddie Murphy. I know. I mean, I am. it's like, I don't like that he's decided not to be funny anymore. Well, I've listened to like po- like I listened to like a, a podcast interview with him, just hoping he'd just wank once, crack a joke. There's a one time I worked a movie that he was on that he was star of, and when the camera wasn't when they when they weren't rolling, and when he was on set, it was interesting. When he was on set, he was really funny and uh, just made jokes. Didn't matter if you're the PA, an extra, the director, the producer, he was going to make the make fun of things. And, like, you could see that he just felt safe in that space. Because the minute he got offset, you're not allowed to talk to him. They don't look at him and that kind of thing. But it's because this is a guy who's been, you know, became so big, so young that, like, uh, he's never had, like, a normal life. Um, But, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's still, I don't like the conscious decision to not be funny anymore. The same, him and Jim Carrey are basically following that. Did you put Jim? It was interesting. We didn't talk about Jim Carrey. Like I just never saw his stand up. Really, yeah, I never saw his stand up except for like clips. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Um, no, I remember we. You know, everything Eddie Murphy did, we all knew by heart. 
Yeah. And we knew Delirious by heart. We knew Raw by heart. And this is just a clip from Raw. Um, yeah. Hopefully this works. Yeah. I was in the club, man. I, I stopped. I ain't danced a lot because I just had a fight recently. And I said, I ain't dancing. I went to club. You get into a lot. People get drunk, go to club and start fighting. I had a fight with an Italian dude. Right after around time, Rocky came out. Italian, white people, period. Y'all go crazy after y'all see a Rocky movie because y'all believe that shit. Because the movies are so emotional and so real. You sit there and go like, hey, this is real. Yeah, and Stallone have y'all white people pumped, especially Italian. That the Italian see Rocky, they come out the movie theater, they be like, Italians are funny people because they act like niggas. It's real funny. They do. They hold their dick more than us to be standing around with. Get the fuck out of here. So my number one is, and probably not my number one because I'm kind of obsessed with this guy as of late. I've been listening to his podcast with uh, this other comedian, Pete Corielli, uh, Sebastian Maniscalco. Who sounds like Eddie Murphy doing an Italian guy. I mean, I... It's a good segue. Yeah, it's good. Um, I actually bought tickets. He's playing at the Pantages. I bought tickets in November. The thing is in April, end of April. I usually never buy and this that's the first time I ever bought a ticket that long to see. This is your number one stand up comic of all time. Right now. And his name is Sebastian Maniscalco. Right now him Ed, and him Eddie, and Pete. Eddie Murphy. I know. Sebastian Maniscalco. Right now I I this is all I listen to. I'm catching up on his his show. They actually moved over to Sirius. Um they're doing a show every week on Sirius. Uh but here is a bit from him this is a little bit long but it also uh is for my jewish family but italians and jews very similar you know people say same corporation different division we get along there's an obvious you know thing with the religion i went to my first passover dinner and she said my mother's gonna have pass okay we'll go to the dinner 7.30, 7.30, we sit down at her mother's house. I'm starving, right? <laughs> starving. They start passing out pamphlets, like reading material. <laughs> I'm like, what's going on? What are we doing here? What's with the... She's like, no, we read for two hours. Two hours. <laughs> I said, listen, I'm Italian. As soon as I sit at the table, I got to have bread within 15 seconds of sitting down, all right? I need something to do with my right hand. I need a, some, some oil. Come on, I've got oil. I need oil now. 
hungry. And they food, the food they start bringing out, oh, God, terrible, terrible. <laughs> Jews have no idea what the hell they're doing in the kitchen. These people have no cuisine. Celery, crackers, jam. I'm like, what is it? We're losing people. People are leaving. We need food. After breakfast, they fall apart, the juice. After a bagel, cream cheese, lox, where are they going? They got nothing. They have nothing. Has anybody ever said to you, we went to this Jewish restaurant last night? The gefilte, amazing. I respect the Jews, but let's just have the Italians cater to Passover meal. All right? Come on. I could read for a couple of hours with some meatballs on the table. So that's my uh, favorite guy right now. Can't get enough that's of him. You're number one. Number one. Rock. Right now. Murphy. Louis C.K. Maniscalco. <laughs> He's up there. I'm Listen, sorry. I, know, I think the guy's funny. I really like the bit he did. Uh, a couple bits I've seen one where he was talking about shopping at Ross. Yeah. You know, where he's like... He was one of the comedians in the, uh, the Vince, Vince Vaughn. Vaughn documentary about them going on the road. And that was the bit he Yeah, did. where he's like, the All place the is just a disaster. Someone pick up a shoe and go, well, this isn't my size. And then just throw it across the store. Um, <laughs> find a size pants with like a 32 waist and 44 length. <laughs> uh, and then he also, what was the, the right. Chipotle? Yes, or then that's like good. The line yeah, the yeah. He's good, he's definitely good. Um, forever though, you are now recorded saying that he's your favorite comedian involved right now. He's the freshest guy in my mind right now. Right. Well. Um, All right. Well, thanks for listening to that, and sorry about the technical difficulties. That's kind of embarrassing. Hey, go listen. Do yourself a favor. Go to iTunes. Download I Have a Pony from uh, Stephen Wright and listen to the whole thing. You won't be sorry. Great. Uh, well, to, to transition to our second subject, Oscars are this weekend. and Tomorrow. Yes. Um for those of you that don't want to see any of the people we just mentioned, you can watch the Oscars because none <laughs> of them will be there. Um, wow, that was a long segment. The all right, so we'll do this quickly. You know, we won't even we don't need to do a third. We didn't even introduce a third since our call bailed. Um, so the Oscar guy, I want to argue with you so bad right now, but I won't do it on the <laughs> internet. Um, the Oscar bets this year, uh, everything, all the favorites. Are big time favorites. La La Land is getting the most juice. Yeah, yeah La La Land right now to bet is one to twenty, which means for every twenty dollars you bet, you win a dollar. Not worth the money, right? Um, I have to say that I think Moonlight is gonna um, gonna take it. Okay, that's interesting. It's gonna be a secret winner. Well, this is what I wanted to Kinda talk like about. This is good. Okay, so. We're going to be talking about betting. We're not just making our predictions because I, I, I think I'm afraid that La La Land's going to win everything. Those of you who listen to our first couple podcasts know where we stand on La La Land. It's a fine movie, probably not a best picture movie. We'll move past it. Exactly. Um, 
I think that if you're going to put some money down on the Oscars this week, I think you're right. I think you got to bet Moonlight, which is in... Or Hidden Figures. Okay, fine. One of those. Sure. Um, Moonlight's at 8 to 1, and Hidden Figures is 21. But what I was going to say is you need to bet Moonlight in Best Picture, and you need to vote for it, or you need to bet on it in Best Director, because I think it's going to win one of the two. And I think La La Land wins the other. I think La La Land will win Best Director. Okay. Um, Did did he win last year for Whiplash? No. Uh, But Damien Chazelle is 1 to 30, which means for every $30 you bet you win a dollar. Barry Jenkins and Moonlight's 10 to 1. So for every dollar you bet you win 10. So if I was going to play my money, it's smart money. I'm not saying that it's going to win, but... Given the Oscars so white backlash last year, you know, I know a lot of people are saying, "Oh, but La La Land, it it um, it's a feel good movie, and things are so bad in society right now. We we just want the feel good movie to win." You know what else counters what's going on with with the current administration? Gay black men. <laughs> that know? is the complete that opposite. It, that it's the complete opposite of what's what's going like uh, so. I think that you're right. I think one of the it's going to win one of those two. I don't. I don't promise to say that I know this, but I think it's worth putting the money down on it. So that's good. That means that we I might think be Moonlight might win. Okay. No, I didn't care about the end. I didn't care for that. All right. But that's, we're not talking about our right opinions of the movies. Again, like you said, though, Hidden Figures would be the only other one worth putting some money on. That's been gaining a little bit of traction. It's made a lot of money. People seem to like it. It won you the know. SAG Awards. Yeah. So. But, so, obviously, if you're a betting person, or you're not a betting person, you're looking for something to bet on the Oscars, stay away from La La Land. Even though it is the favorite, you'll make no money off of it. Unless you bet a million dollars. But why would you do that? For $100,000. Now, as far as Best Actor... Because Damien Chazelle won Best Director at the DGA Awards. Yes. So I think he's a good bet for the... uh, I think you're right, but but I think that they'll split them. Interesting. I'm, I'm I'm almost scared that we both agree on this. Did Spotlight last year win director? I don't think no, it did. It didn't because the guy who directed Spotlight was the um was uh, the terrible reporter in the last season of The Wire, and yeah. I remember that guy making that speech. <laughs> so, um, the best actor. You know, you've got we. Just so you know, months ago I wanted to bet on Denzel. When he was eight to one, Jason said, "No, let's wait till it comes." Denzel's now one to one. I'm not saying he's going to win. My mother just saw Fences last week and she hated it. Okay, well, uh, she's like, "I hated it." <laughs> <laughs> Great, good, okay, good, Mrs. Alden impression. Uh, the the Casey Affleck's four to five. Okay, but that was really funny, actually. I know I want to give you your deal. <laughs> that was good. I think if you're going to bet on this. The smart money is to bet on Viggo Mortensen at 75 to 1. Now, I don't think he's going to win. No, I think the best bet is Denzel Washington because he's going to win and you're you're going to win what you bet. Do you think he's going to win? Yes. You don't think Casey Affleck wins? No. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't be opposed to putting $5 down on Viggo. Viggo, he's 75 to 1. That's the only movie, I think, in this whole thing that I haven't seen. Oh, he's good. But, like, people really like, you know, it, there's been a lot of buzz about him. I couldn't believe he was 75 yeah. to 1. I saw it. Good. Yeah, it's good. Um, 
but he, uh, I don't think he's really going to win. I'm just saying it's 75 to 1. Even if he threw $2 down to win 150 just give it a try. Dude, just give me the $2. If you win, I'll give you 150 I'm pretty much keeping the $2. All right, you heard it. I'm doing that. I'm taking that. Uh, all right, best actress. Now, Emma Stone is 1 to 8. She's going to win. Yeah, she's going to win. I was really on that Natalie Portman was going to win. I was going to I was going to sit here and tell you to put money on that. Um, but I think the, the fact way. that she's not showing up even though it has nothing to do with how they vote or anything, it just makes me think she, there's no way she wins. And also Emma Stone's won every award for this. Yeah. I just don't want her to. I don't want that. She was really good in it. She was good. You, you could, I mean, if you really want to get creative, you could put, you know, that Isabel Huppert, who won a couple. She's 9-1. Some people think that everyone just wants to hear Meryl Streep talk. So she's at 50-1. to one. Not a terrible bet. Isabel won Best Actress uh, SAG Awards for the drum. Was it no Golden Globe? She won the Golden Globe for the dra- dramatic actress. But I'm, I mean, even at nine to one, I don't know if it's worth. But fifty to one, Meryl Streep. Again, you put five bucks down. Win two I'll take that five. No, I don't make that bet. I won't make that bet. But just saying. Sorry, she's not but winning. I'm just trying to give you other options you. to make money to try to bet. I'm not saying it's going to happen. Um, the Best Supporting Actor. Um, the guy from Moonlight, one to fifteen. I think Dev Patel is going to sneak up on this one. All right, I'm with you, six to one. I'm I'm in a, I'm in on betting that. Um, you know, and the other three are all strong. Michael Shannon, fifteen to one, and Jeff Bridges at twenty to one. Kid from Manchester by the Sea. I don't think I'd put money. No. He just hasn't gotten the buzz. But yeah, all right, I'm in on the Dev Patel. I don't, I don't know. Um. The guy in Moonlight just wasn't in the movie as much as I, you know. Either was Dev Patel. He was, he was in half the movie. Yeah, Dev Patel should have been. Like, main actor? Yeah. No, but the the guy from Moonlight is, like, only in. Yeah, like, a quarter of the movie. Yeah. Um, Sorry to run it. <laughs> Speaking of people who shouldn't be nominated in categories or nominated. We're not ruining it. It takes place over, like, a long period of time. Portions of his life. The the person who should not be nominated at all for their award is Viola Davis as a supporting actress, even though... She's but, a shoe in the way. Of course she is. I mean, she's so good in that movie, but there's no way she's not a best actress. Right. Like, she is the lead actress. She is in seven-eighths of that movie, you know? I think we had a debate on this, and someone was like... No, yeah. Well, that person was going to debate us no matter what we said that <laughs> night. She was just there to give us indigestion during our dinner. Um, we were like arguing on the same side of things. So <laughs> I, um, but, but, um, yeah, I think that, uh, obviously there's no sense in wasting any money here. No. Maybe, maybe you think that there'll be a backlash cause she shouldn't have been nominated for best supporting actress and Michelle Williams would have won that. I don't know. You can do that, but I think if the only way you make money is it. Even if you're making no money, this by putting it on Viola Davis. She's she's one to one hundred. I know. So saying. you have to bet a hundred dollars to win a dollar. You would win that dollar. I wonder what the max is. Uh, I don't trust this place paying me out. I mean, but uh, all right, then best director Damien Chazelle is one to thirty, and the only other person really worth betting on would be Barry Jenkins, who's ten to one. Okay. Mel Gibson, what's he I at? I knew you were going to say he's at 50 to 1. 
I like that Mel's uh, making a little comeback. He's in Daddy's Home too, and he's possibly going to direct Suicide Squad too. He's making a little bit of comeback. Do I agree with the stuff he said? No, but I always like Mel Gibson. So I mean, for the stuff he does, movies wise. Do you love celebrities? What does that mean? You just love cele- like when someone comes into town and there's like a celebrity actress singer. You make us go like when Mandy Moore was singing at that club. Dude, the only reason we did that was because <laughs> we had people from out of town. They wanted to see celebrities. I looked up online looking for stuff, and there, there, what it was, Mandy Moore singing at the hotel cafe. You, you tried to, you wanted to get tickets to see Evan Rachel Wood's band now because she, she's another actress. Famous I wanted person. to see that band. <laughs> I like that song. I'm just saying. You like the celebrities in your in your stuff, so. Hey, we're in Hollywood. All right, That's good, all I have to say. Good answer. All right, well, listen, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. That's all. That's all the bets. That's all the bets. You can bet on best picture, actor, actress, supporting actor, supporting actress, and director. There's no screenplay bets. <laughs> I mean, I I could. Moonlight's gonna probably win the screenplay, I would think. Yeah. And then, or Manchester by and the then Sea. Lion will probably win. Well, what's adapted screenplay? I don't know. I don't have it in front of me. All right. But well, I guess we'll update this uh, next week. Sure. Hopefully everything works better next week. All right. 